Good morning, everyone. This is your guy, Larry. And uh, before we get into today's episode, um, I wanted to start this morning off with a morning prayer and uh, just wish everybody once again a happy new year uh, entering into 2024. So in today's verse, um, I want to start off by reading Isaiah chapter 43 verse 18 and 19. And it reads as this. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make the road, make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. This message is, uh, this verse is is a wonderful thing to remember because he is telling us in the book of Isaiah, do not remember the former things. And nor consider the things of old Because in verse 19 he says Behold I will do a new thing Those of you that are now We are now into 2024 About a week in And uh, 2023 is That chapter has been written in your lives It's over And now a new chapter has begun So let's continue to move forward Let's continue to embrace what God has in store for you and getting closer, walking closer with the Lord in your life. Pursue him. Embrace him. Make this year the year that you come even closer. Reading his word, worshiping him, acknowledging him in your life, trusting him more. Let's get into some prayer. Dear Father God, Lord, first of all, we just thank you. We bless your name. For you are mighty. You are powerful. You are God. And Lord, we thank you so much. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for sustainability, sustaining us like you always have taking care of us, taking care of us from years in the past and even now. Lord, we thank you for waking us up this morning for our health and our strength, for our right mind, for for our physical ability. Lord, we thank you for blessing us, blessing our family, our children, our spouses, our, our relatives, our family, and our friends. Lord, help us to be stronger in you. Help us to lean on you this year. Help us to go forward in strength and encouragement. Help us to open your Bible and read your word and get inspiration from every verse of scripture. Help us to be more like you as we grow in you. Help us to love you more. Lord, we thank you for 
just everything, everything and many blessings. This morning, as we open our eyes and as we exercise, as we go about our day, help us not to forget you. Help us not to be so busy that we forget you. Lord, keep us under your protection always. Watch over us where we, where, when we go to and from our destinations. Lord, help us to share your message, share your word with others. Help us to be the light in a dark world. Help us to, to abide and rest in your Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for the blood that was shed on the cross, the sacrifice, the free gift that you have given us. And most of all, we thank you for the love that you showed us. Those of us that are walking with you, help us to continue to walk with you with with, with just continuation, strong determination, not compromising in this world that we live in. Help us to stay steadfast in your word. No matter what is going on in our world today, help us look to you. Help us focus just on you. Lord, you are our reward. You are our gift. You are everything we need. God, we thank you. God, we thank you for your creation around us. Thank you for everything that you have already made. Thank you for the love that you showed us. The company that we keep, the family we have. Lord, whatever it is. Minister to our hearts, our mind, our soul. Bring us even closer to you this year. Lord, we pray for those that don't know you yet. Those that we're still praying for to come into your a right relationship with you. God, we bless you. We thank you. You're so powerful and so loving and so kind and so merciful. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you so much. There's so much more that we need to discover about you. Help us to discover you more and more. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us read Psalms 91. Um, and it reads in um, Psalms chapter 91. It's called safety of abiding in the presence of God. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow 
of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wing you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only your eyes shall look, shall you look and see the reward of the wicked because you have made, because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. And in their hands, they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra and the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot because he has set his love upon me. Therefore, I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me. And I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. That's the morning prayer and scripture reading this morning. Have a wonderful and blessed day. Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon. It's your guy, Larry, and you just tuned into another wonderful and awesome episode of Larry's Biblecast. I'm so glad that you have tuned in today, and you're in for a wonderful treat, just a wonderful, uh, good study or breakdown of this chapter that we're getting into, Romans chapter 6. And man, I'll tell you, um, just... I mean, get ready. <laughs> That's all I can tell you. Get ready. This is um, this has been one of the one of the more meteor, um, um, I guess, uh, chapters in the Bible on when it comes to salvation and, and the reality of uh, Christ um, and his and his sacrifice and God's wonderful grace and mercy that he has upon us. And, and also breaking the power of sin. So this is a very important episode. I want you to really, really take uh, uh, take a really uh, 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 close look at this chapter. I highly recommend that not only ha- after you hear me um, uh, read this chapter, but I want you to reread this chapter. I want you to uh, pretty much just uh, kind of break this the scriptures down 
and meditate, meditate, really meditate and pray through this, pray through the, the, this, this chapter of Romans chapter six and begin to walk in a new life in Christ Jesus. Amen. So, um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, uh, take too much of your time. I'm glad that you tuned in. I'm glad that you're listening and, um, um, just pursue God. Just pursue God throughout this year. Uh, there's so much happening in our world. It's been happening in 2023, but we need to have blinders on. Uh, I, I, you know, after the things that I've seen as well, um, I, I feel like I need blinders. I, I want to have. I need to have blinders and uh, any distractions that will get our 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 sights off of Christ. We need to refocus. And, and, and re kind of refocus our, our attention back on Christ Jesus and his word. Amen. So um, just wanted to kind of mention that to you. And and I hope that you're doing well. Hope that your, your 2024 is now off to a good start. I pray that it is. If not, let's get into a good start. Let's 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 begin to walk in victory in the Lord. Amen. So, um, you know, without further ado, let's sit back and relax and enjoy this wonderful episode of Larry's Bible Cast. So let's get into the verse or the chapter of today, Romans chapter six. Hopefully you guys are ready. Have your Bibles or maybe listening to me as you are going about your day. Uh, again, as always, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being a part of this listening audience. And uh, hopefully you've already had a wonderful day going forward. So let's get into it. Romans chapter six and uh, it's entitled Dead to sin, alive to God. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live in, in who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ? Jesus were baptized into his death. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also shall walk in newness of life. Let's, um, let me read this in the New Living Translation. Sin's power is broken. And let's read that again. Well, then, should we keep on sinning that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and we and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life 
as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. And when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We, we are sure of this because Christ has raised, was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become instruments of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourself completely to God for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. Do you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey. You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God, once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. Now you are free from the slave from your slavery to sin, and you have become slaves of, to righteous living. Because of the weakness of your human nature, I am using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all this, all of this. Previously, you let yourselves be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led ever deeper into sin. Now you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteous living so that you will become holy. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the results? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do. Things that end, end up or end in eternal doom. But now you are free from the power of sin and they become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. What a powerful passage of scripture. Um, sin's power is broken. What are your thoughts about this passage of scripture? This is an eye-opening scripture for those of us that have accepted Christ, that have received the free gift of salvation, and that this is what really happens. This is what, from what people say in the world, 
what are we being saved from? We're being saved from the power of sin that sin has over us. And of course, not everybody will receive this truth because they want to stay in darkness and they want to stay under that power of sin. And what that looks like is the freedom to do what they want to do and not have any obligation to anyone but themselves. I think that this is also not only a liberating passage of scripture that Paul talks about, but this is also a almost a convicting one for those of us that don't live under the freedom that it gives. Remember this, we, we talked in the previous chapters about the difference between the law, obeying the law, and what the law does, and what the grace of God gives, and what it gives. Now, Paul is getting into, in Romans chapter 6, what this really does. And now we see, we see that, which is most important, that when Christ died on the cross, we died with him. This is made plain to us. It's made plain to us because it's not just the fact that Christ physically died on the cross for all humanity. He did it to break the power of sin over our lives. And I think that this message has to be preached over and over again. In the world we live in today, there's so much uh, alternative messages that are preached um, in churches across America. And we're not bringing us back to the basics. This is the basics. Reading this scripture in Romans chapter 6. Meditating on it. Breaking it apart and thinking about it. Remember. Christ not only died for your sins. But you were crucified with Christ. Let's kind of go back over this again. It says, well then, should we keep on sinning? so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace. He answers that question by saying, of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? And then he says after this question in verse three, or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death. And so often, I think, and I'll speak for myself, so often we forget this. We forget that we died with Christ. When you accepted Christ, not only did you were you baptized with him, but you were also crucified with him. On that, on the cross over 2,000 plus years ago. 
This means that our walk with the Lord needs to, our goal needs to be blameless. We will fall and we will make certain mistakes, but with those mistakes, we learn not to, not to continuously make them, not to continuously live in that. Remember what it says here in the beginning. Well, then should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? That's a question. The Lord, his sacrifice of his son on the cross was not it was a it was a expensive sacrifice it was the greatest sacrifice and the only sacrifice that he can only give for each and every one of us because he loved us so much and listen not and I know I've said this before but after reading this I have to understand myself that it's not just so that you can go to heaven but it's also so that you can live right. You can live right. You can live right right now. You can pursue righteousness right now. This is what the power of sin has been broken on purpose intentionally so that we can begin to live according to what God wants us to how he wants us to live. Let's take a break um, and we'll be right back after this short break. All right, so welcome back. So, um, as I've been, we've been going through this in Romans chapter six. This is a very, uh, very good chapter in the process of our, uh, being united in Christ. And I think that's really the theme of this. This is, um, this is a very, like I said, a very powerful chapter. And I think the reality of of this um as we are breaking this chapter down here is that is really Paul is really telling us that you have been united in Christ um you know part of part of my feeling about what I'm reading is really showing me that um as a believer This is not just about you trying to live right, but understanding your position in the Lord. And even though we have our own self-will, we have our own free will to make our own choices. But when you come into a relationship with the Lord in this degree, there is a process of living that you now understand by faith that it was initiated when you understood that Christ died on the cross for you. I'm not sure if that's 
something that you might be getting from this passage of scripture that we now understand by faith that when Christ died on the cross, it was not just him alone. And I think, too, part of it is we are understanding that in this process of his death, he's taken our sin and he is crucifying it to the cross. But he's also the act of this is act of this crucifixion or this sacrifice for us all has also brought us into a unity with Christ. And I love what Paul is talking about here. And it's kind of evident as he's um, talking, you know, through this word today, through chapter six, let's um, let's read this again. For he says here in verse four, he says, for we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. So this is very evident that this is a this is a unification. This is a other words, the way Paul is describing this is he's describing this as we have become one with him. Um. I think the fault that some of us, well, I'm, I'm just going to blame, say myself, <laughs> um, is sometimes, you know, I'll get the image of Christ dying on the cross. And though I may be grateful that he's done, he's died this horrific death for me, I, I have to get to the place and understand that it's just not him dying on the cross for me, but the reality of this death on the cross is the fact that now I am now united with him while being on the cross. I think that the we 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 get tempted to just look at the image of Christ and not see ourselves on this cross, um, not understanding the full uh, result or the ramification is that the death on the cross is just not him merely dying physically and then understanding that the sin that represents his death is our sin and is our sin nature. It is everything by faith when you accept Christ understanding that your entire life is crucified with Christ. And uh, as we continue on in this chapter, we'll start to see what that means in our lives. But for this part right here, it's, it's very powerful because in, ver in verse four, it says, for we, you notice that he says, for we were buried with Christ by baptism by baptism and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the father <clears throat> now we also may live new lives so not only do we experience um, the death on the cross and, and being buried with Christ by baptism 
but we also experience new life in Christ as he's been raised by the by the father so we also may live new lives you, uh, some of you um may like myself have experienced baptism and it is a you know most of you have had what you call water baptism and you know it's a symbol it symbolizes you die into your old way of life and, and and being you know the water uh submerging submerging yourself into the water and then coming up wash being washed clean being um uh buried from the old person and being raised to life as the new person some of you have been through this ceremony of of uh, water baptism like I have and that's what this symbolizes this symbolizes that and um but but with this we see what Christ and being united with Christ what it does so not only the water baptism symbolizes your repentance of sin and being washed and clean from the life of sin but you now with Christ with the, with the resu- with the death the sacrifice and the burial and resurrection of Christ now becomes the reality that you your sins not only have been forgiven but your old your old past and your lifestyle or your your sin nature um your sin nature has been now crucified remember that the the crucifixion of Christ is it's not the same as water baptism it's not the same as water baptism it is in other words him dying on that cross is literally in God's eyes has taken you from from taking you out of the position that you that he saw you in as a sinful person that would require death to where now through through Christ through the sacrifice he now sees you after the burial and the resurrection of Christ he now sees you as as righteous he sees you as righteous and you know a part of me has always feels that I have to make myself aware that even though he sees me as righteous I need to be righteous I need to act as act and walk into this righteousness okay um and again, not to mistake the fact that it is a process of walking into this righteousness. Remember, this is all by faith. This is by by faith of understanding that this is what Christ has done. So let's continue on here. Verse five, it says, since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. And I, and, and really, I like to pick apart some of the I guess some of the adverbs in this sentence that we see here in verse 5 he's saying 
that since we have been past tense united with him in his death, you notice that we will also be raised to life as he was. Now, in my opinion, this uh, this also prefers to the future of even though we physically will die, we will will we will be resurrected. How that looks and what that will look like, I'm not sure because I've never been through. I've never, I've, I'm not have been resurrected. But according to this scripture, this is what it would mean. It says, since we have been united with him in his death, it says, Paul says, we will also be raised to life as he was. Remember, when Christ died on the cross, he was buried. And then after he was buried on the third day, after the, you know, after, you know, him being buried for three days, he was raised, he was raised to life by the father. And, um, that according to this scripture in, in verse five is saying that we, we too will be raised to life. If again, a big if, and that's only if you have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal savior and you accepted his, his sacrifice on the cross for your remission of sins and, and, and that now you are united with him. And I think that's the, that's the whole thing that we have to understand as believers that you and I are united in Christ. Okay. His, that sacrifice was so powerful and it was necessary and it was a, a, a sacrifice and it was a given gift freely from God because God loves us so much that it was enough to to clean you from all unrighteousness according to God's sacrifice of his only begotten son. And um, that's just something to not only acknowledge, but that's something to to really uh, appreciate and praise God for, because there's nobody there's no one that can do this. No one can that, that can do you cannot you and I cannot do this. We cannot work the works of righteousness and expect without without Christ, without the 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 shed blood and the crucifixion of Christ, the death of Christ. There's no way that we can do enough works and righteousness on our own to be able to appease God uh, in a way that he accepts us into into his presence, into heaven and, and be accepted. I think that the, the offense, if I can call that an offense is for any of us to think that we can work our way into heaven or work our way or work the works of, of morality, of righteousness, of what we think, which is only considered self-righteous. If we think by doing our own efforts that is more than what Christ has done on the cross. You see, when you think about it, when you depend on yourself in a way to think that you have done enough or you are doing enough to appease God or to make him happy or to accept you, your own efforts, in a sense, that's like telling him that your son, Jesus Christ, is not enough. And it's also is equally a, an offense if we, we if we say that because Christ has died on the cross, we 
you know, we accept that. But now I'm going to do as much I do as much works of my own efforts to think that it's 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 not enough. And I have to accept the, the death of Christ on the cross for my sins on top of me trying to do everything, you know, I can to appease God. See, and I think that's the danger in, in a lot of us, even myself, you know, to think that that we need to do more. See, and we have to learn to rest in the fact that Christ, um, his death on the cross was complete. It is is a complete cleansing or a complete remission of our sins. And, and there's nothing that we could do. There's nothing I could do. And you can't add to that. You can't add more to what he's already done. So it's just um, this this scripture, this passage is really shining a light um, on what Christ has done versus our own efforts. So let's continue on here. It says, since we have been united with him in his death, we also will be raised to life as he was. Verse six says, we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. Um, let's let's um, break right here and uh, we're going to come right back and get into this. So welcome back. So let's get into this. Uh, we're getting ready to read um, verse six of uh, Romans chapter six here. It says, we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. Now, let's 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 reread that one more time so we can really we can really capture this. What what is it? What is he saying in this? We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. This is, um, again, this is something to rejoice for over. This is something to praise God for. Thank God for. Remember, this is God has that has done this. He has provided um, his son. Uh, the death of his son, the sacrifice of his only begotten son for us. And see how this is. This is very, um, to me, this is very good writing on, on Paul's part, explaining um, what what this is, what this process is. He says here, we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ. Okay, you notice that he uses a couple of maybe one major adjective there describing your old sinful selves. What does that mean? That means what you used to do, how you used to live, who and actually almost literally who you were. Okay, who you were. See, we know that our old sinful selves and he uses the past tense were crucified with Christ so that as a result, so that 
sin might lose its power in our lives. Now, this is a very, this is very, um, this is very good. Now it says, and as he continues on here, and it all depends on the version that you're reading from the translation, I'm sorry, that you're reading from in mind in the New Living Translation that says, we are no longer slaves to sin. Okay, and he describes it in such a way that that to use the word slaves, that means that the that that when you was a sin, when you was under your sinful self, you was under the control. You was under the control of sin. You did what your you did what sin um, wanted you to do. Okay, you was under the the you was under the power of sin and this is where you know we see in our in our culture today where people who reject uh christ that reject god they reject anything that has to do with what they consider religion they 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 don't want to feel as though they are some kind of way uh slave to anything and not to say that that's the word that they use they the the sin if if i can call it that the sin of omission or the sin of rejection or whatever you might want to call it is in in their words or in their in their explanation or even their lifestyle is saying i'm my own person i do what i want to do i live the way i want to live nobody tells me what to do nobody you, you know what i'm saying nobody tells me what to do i i make my own decisions and and as a result, you know, I live the life that I live the way I live it. And I, I, I want this to be clear that that is a sin and and that when you die, you will not you will be rejected by God. OK, and whether you believe in God or not, whether you accept that there is a God or not, or whether there is an afterlife because you live your life the way you want to live it here on earth. And that is your prerogative. Don't get me wrong. That is your prerogative. That is your choice. That is the in other words. God gives you free will, even whether you believe in a God or not, whether you believe in a higher, higher power or not, whether you believe that God exists or not. The God that you don't believe in still gives you free will, free choice. OK, and 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 at that that choice that people make, unfortunately, they make the choice of saying that I live my own life the way I want to live it. And that's what you see in the world that we live in today. You see it in the culture. You see it around on social media. You see it, uh, how people talk, how they express themselves, the things they do, the, the fruit that they bear. It all, all goes toward that attitude of I do what I want to do. I live the way I want to live. Nobody tells me how to live. I am the captain of my own ship. I am, I am the, look, I am the, 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 the author of my own destiny. I write my own chapter. I, you know, see, you hear the word I a lot, right? And some people express it in, in more bolder ways verbally, but some of them do it very, um, in action and indeed and they and 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 their attitude or maybe they're a quiet type person where they don't they they just go about life and of 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 that reality 
reality. So it's not so much a person that is outright boldly saying that I don't, I live for myself. It is also the person that goes about their lives day to day, um, whether they wake up in the morning and go throughout their day and their week or their month or the years that they have gone living for themselves. In other words, they are the person on the throne. They're, God is nowhere there, you see? But I say that because we as believers, we have to get, we have to make sure that we also are depending on Christ. We're not depending on ourselves to do what's right. We're not depending on that. Remember the reality in verse six saying, we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. And it says we are no longer slaves to sin. And I, and I think why, you know, me explaining this is because of the fact that we have to understand that either you are a slave to sin or you are a slave to righteousness. In other words, you're the power. And that's why he uses the word, um, slaves because of, of obviously the audience that he is, he is writing to or that people can understand it, uh, as plain as he can put it. In other words, the power in our lives. Remember, this is, this is where you, you have some kind of power that is over you, whether it's sin or whether it's righteousness. So let's continue on here as we continue on. It says verse seven, for when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. I, I, this is something you need to, we need to, we need to repeat this or understand this or or no, this is your reality. Amen. This is your reality. This is my reality for when we, and he, he includes obviously in this letter or this audience he's talking to, he says, for we, for when we died with Christ, we were what set free from the, what the power of sin, the power of sin. In other words, Christ has broken that power of sin by the death of that in the death and the crucifixion of the cross. You see how powerful that was? It was just not a man that that believed and and and, and he died for all of humanity, like even myself have, have spoken in the past and past episodes here. But now Paul is really kind of honing in on what and on what this was. This was not just a man losing his life on on the cross, on the Roman cross, and him be, shedding his blood, being beaten to death, and 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 ultimately being executed on the cross. This is more than that. See, this is more than that, and this is why, you know, and I'm, I'm speaking to myself too, is the fact that we have to see it more than just that and understand what this really was and what happened what happened all right and in verse 8 it says and since we died with Christ we know we also live with him see the contrast and see the difference since we died with Christ we know we will we also I'm sorry we also will live well I'm sorry let me repeat that so I can say it right we know we will also live with him. Okay. Verse nine, 
We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead. He, you know, he, he kind of repeats this again and he will never die again. Listen to this. Death no longer has any power over him. Anytime somebody defeats death, anytime somebody is resurrected like Christ was, death has no power. You see, the power of the resurrection of Christ is not only is the is the one of the pinnacle or the uh, central beliefs of the Christian faith, not just the crucifixion of Christ, but also the resurrection of Christ. And they all and they both go hand in hand. The death of Christ or the sacrifice that led to death, that was symbolized of the fact that it that Christ had died on the cross, taking our sin. Okay, and we're buried. He buried our old nature, right? Uh, according to what this is saying, he buried. We were buried with him. We were united in his death, and we were buried, meaning united in his burial. And we are now, we are now resurrected, or we will be resurrected as he was. Listen to this. I love this part when he says, "Death no longer has any power over him." In the same way, we would go through a what you call a physical death. But according to this, we will also go through the resurrection. Okay, the resurrection. And again, the only way that you will be resurrected is if you are in Christ. You have to be united in Christ. This is by faith. But this is by accepting the crucifixion of or the sacrifice of Christ and, and, and accepting it through faith, living it out through faith. Amen. Let's continue on here. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. Now, in conclusion, Paul talks about it, says, so you also, you also should consider yourselves to be what? Dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. This is where we are today. This is where we are today. Consider yourself dead to the power of sin. That means the reality now that Christ has, has, has broken the power of sin in your life. And you're united with Christ. The question is, are you united in, with Christ? If you're united with him in his death and his burial, therefore you are participating now in the, the, the power that sin had over you. See? See? And alive to God through Christ Jesus. Now listen to this. This is the, now this is where let's, it gets more practical for those of us like myself. What does that look like? What, how do we live? Verse 12, he says, do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Now, this is a good way to, um, I guess, in a way to to ex, uh, understand this as we are. As, as we, we now know, as we read the scriptures and we do understand that Christ has died on the cross and broken the power of sin, we, we have to 
we have to also understand that we live in a sinful fallen world there is sin all around us our, our you know sometimes um you may get what you call uh uh maybe you hurt yourself or some of you that may have had um uh, what do you call it a an amputation where you might lose a limb and sometimes even though that limb is not there they have what you call I've, I've heard it because I've never had it I've never been amputated whether lost a limb finger or leg or, or foot or toe but you know basically it feels as though it's still there when it's not okay and and I and I use that description because we understand by faith that this, that power, that sin doesn't have no power over us but when we read this in verse 12 he's saying do not let sin control the way you live do not give into it to sinful desires see so that means that even though the reality of of the of the matter is that sin uh his the power of sin is broken in your life as a believer you now have to understand by faith that you don't have to give in to those things, those those same temptations or those same some same ways of how sin controlled you. You don't have to do that no more. And sometimes as we go through this life, including myself, and I, and I say this is no uh, condemnation towards you as or, or my, I'm speaking to myself as well, is that. We walk as we walk in through this life. We have to walk understanding that the power of sin is broken in our lives. Okay, we don't have to worry about giving in to that same habitual sin or that same sinful lifestyle. We don't have to live that way no more. See, we don't have to live that way no more. See, we don't have to give in to those temptations because remember, sin will always the, the old way, the old nature will always try to tempt you. That old man, that that old nature, which is buried now, it's crucified, it's dead, and it will try, it will try to try to get you to pull you into the way you used to live. You see that? Now, verse thirteen: Do not let any part of your body become the instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. This is a, again Paul reiterating and re, almost repeating it to let us know to to emphasize, like, look, you don't have to do this no more. You don't have to. You don't have to give your. Uh, was do not let any part of your body. Okay, he's talking, he's talking literally. All right. Don't walk in the sin. Don't talk in the sin. Don't, 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 don't act in a way that you, how you used to be. It says, instead, give yourself completely to God for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Now, he, he repeats it again. Verse 14, sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, live under the freedom of God's grace. See? See, the, and this is where we have to understand what God's grace is. God give us mercy and he give us grace. And, that's, and this is the full 
explanation of God's grace because it includes uh, uh, what he's done for us by giving us his son, Jesus Christ on the cross. This is God's grace. See, God didn't have to give you grace. He didn't have to give us grace. See, grace is the same. It's almost like mercy. So God in his grace says, I'm going to, I'm going to once and for all, I'm going to, uh, uh, I'm going to sacrifice my son on the cross. And on top of that, I'm going to break the power of sin. This, this crucifixion of the cross will break the power of sin over your life. And, you know, we have to remember how it used to be in the Old Testament, what the priests had to do. They had to continuously make sacrifices for the children of Israel, for the people that were in the camp, the priests would literally have to sacrifice, kill a, an, an animal for the sins of the community. Okay. Sins of the community. They were doing this for the community. The, the other words, they had, you know, they had to have, uh, uh, the life was in the blood. It's a very powerful, uh, analogy when you look at the old Testament and they, and, they, and, and people used to wonder how, why do you have to kill an animal, an innocent animal It's because it symbolized what, what God required. He requires something that had no sin, had no, had done no wrong. He required someone of, of innocence to die. Okay. And shed blood. And listen, that was a substitution because if it weren't for that, then you and I would have to die. We would be the one we would not a sacrifice, but you would be killed for your sin. In other words, if you sin, then you would die. Period. That's that. That's one thing that we have to remember. The wages of sin, like the Bible says, the wages of sin is what? Death. That means not just death as, as, as if, you know, death and then you resurrect again. No, death means you're done. So, so, and it also, also means on top of that, it also means a, a separation from God forever. Again, this is, this is where. You know, you see people around uh, uh, around the world, around the culture today. They 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 would rather not even talk about this because they don't want accountability for the way they live. They don't want to understand that you are accountable to a God that has created you. They would rather not even see that. I would rather. It's almost like the boogeyman. I'd rather look the other way. I don't want to. I don't want to look at him. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so that's that's what how people live today. They would rather not talk about this, the reality that you're sinful and that the reality of if you were to die in that state, that God will reject you and you will you will die. You will physically die, but you will also spiritually die. You will be separated from God, whether you believe in him or not, whether you want to accept him or not. You don't know. We don't know what separation of, from God really, really feels and looks like. We we say that I say that. But the reality of it is so much more horrific than I think that we really we really can grapple. Our minds can't really grapple the uh, the intensity of what it means to be eternally separated from God. Let's take a quick short break and I'll be right back.
All right, so welcome back. So how are you guys enjoying this chapter right now? This is really a powerful, powerful chapter as we um, have uh, been opening up and really kind of really rereading and breaking this thing down about what Paul uh, has been talking about. So as he continues on here, let's go um, as we come to a con- the conclusion of this. Um, let us uh, go into um, uh, let's see here. Let's go reread uh, verse 13. It says, do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. OK, uh, I'm sorry. Let me let me go back. I think I, I we we read verse 12, I believe it was. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Verse 13 says, do not let any part of your body become an instrument of of evil, okay? Instrument of evil to serve sin, okay? To serve sin. Instead, give yourself completely to God for you were dead. You were dead. Remember this. This is now this is another way of how he explaining death. You would look, I would rather be death to sin or dead to sin than to be dead to God. <laughs> Let me say that one more time. I would rather be dead to sin than to be dead to God. See, there's two types of ways in which we can understand death. Remember, the wages of sin is death. When you when you when you are living in sin, on purpose, habitually, on purpose, intentionally living in sin, you don't care about how you live. That means you will ultimately be dead to God. You will be separated from God eternally. Okay. I would rather be dead to sin. That means how you be dead to sin. They just, Paul just explained it earlier. Christ has, I mean, uh, Christ has broken the power of sin in your life. In other words, you don't have to operate in it no more. And it says here plainly, excuse me, instead, give yourself completely to God. You were dead for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Now, verse 14, sin no longer Sin is no longer your master for your for you no longer live under the requirements of what the law. <clears throat> and we talked about the law in the uh, matter of fact, in Romans, I believe Romans chapter five, a little bit of Romans chapter four too, in the earlier chapters. But it talks about that requirements live we for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Okay, the law is the one that will convict you and tell you and, and, and tell you you're sinful, but it doesn't give you any redemption, redemptive value, <clears throat> according to God. In other words, <clears throat> it punishes you. The law will tell you that you broke the law. And if you broke the law and you live according to the law, but if you break the law, it only it only rewards you with death. See, if you break the law, you break the commandments, you, you, you're you going to die. OK, there is no redeeming you after that. There is no redemption. And this is why, again, leading back to the uh, example I was given about the priests uh, in the Old Testament, how 
they it, it was according to the law of God that there had to be sacrifice. Uh, uh, an innocent animal had to be sacrificed. The blood, which was the life, the, the life of the animal was in the blood. That blood was shed for the community of, of a community of people that was there. If they had sinned and they had broken the law, those were what you call animal sacrifice. And and I and I know um, I was saying about sin, but it was also, um, I guess, to better um, clarify that is that the priests had done this as a requirement of God's law. Remember, the, the law of Moses was given. And after the law of Moses was given, there were certain requirements that if one had broken a law or had broken laws um, according to their according to how it was written. Um, and I would I would advise you to go back to I want to say the book of Leviticus. Leviticus really kind of breaks it down. This is in um, the Old Testament. It breaks it down on different law breaking requirements, how it looked, how it was when someone broke the law and what was required. Okay. It's almost like when you go to court and say you, you, you went in there for a, a speeding ticket or maybe something worse than that. Maybe you, you stole something or maybe you murdered, you had, a you know what I'm saying? Your murder conviction. There is a certain, um, 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 when they, when they convict you, right. When they sentence you, then this is your sentence. You have to serve time or you have to go to prison or maybe, you know, more, a more, a heavier matter is if you kill somebody, you could, you could be also put to death yourself. You murder somebody, you could be put to death. See, so those are, those are the things that are considered, um, your sentence, but also the repayment for what you've done. See, so you can't bring that person back. But yet, if you say you murder somebody, that person can't be can't be brought back. But at the same time, you the, the penalty will be you give your life up since you since you took a life, your life will be taken. See, so so when you think about it in that way, this is why uh, God had to address sin. See, God was being entirely fair because when you think about it, God is a righteous God and he has to address sin. See, that this goes back to the nature of God or who he is. God is a holy God. He is a righteous God and he cannot in our way, in, in, in the way we live, he cannot address your sin. He cannot address your sin. And this is why people, they don't want to um, to understand that God exists because they know that if God exists, then God is righteous and God is holy and God is full of justice. And yet, and, and, and they like to think of God as being merciful and he's full of grace, but he cannot deal. He, he has to, uh, he has to address sin. He has to address these things. And that's why it's so interesting again. And I, I know I keep going off on this tangent a bit, but you keep hearing people um, that are against God and they say, well, if God was a good God, then why this? And God was a good God. Then why that? And why does he allow this to happen in our world? And why does he allow murder? Why does he allow strife? Why does he allow war to happen? Listen, God will. 
address sin. What we're what we're what we're experiencing in our world today with all the evil in it. We're also experiencing God's um, patience and, and endurance and grace, to be honest with you, because at some point he's going to address sin. And that sin is not only going to include the big things that people um, are complaining about God about, but they're also going to address their own sin of disbelief and unbelief. See, God is going to, he's going to address the big sins, what we consider big sins and small sins. He's going to address it because he is a righteous and holy God. And he's not going to look that way to the right and not look over to your direction to the left or what, or vice versa. He's not going to do that. So listen to this. I'm sorry. That's why I said I, I kind of, you know, and, and I'm explaining this. I'm, I'm, um, my mind is thinking about what people say. And so listen to this. It says, verse 15, it says, well, then, since God's grace has set us free. Okay, set us free from the law. Does that mean we can go on sinning? He says, of course not. He says in, in an expl explanation away or, ex ex you know, exclamation, basically. You know, verse 15, he says, don't you realize that you become the slave to of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Verse 17 says, thank God once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. Verse 18, now you are you are free from your slavery to, uh, to sin and have become slaves to righteous living. Now, continue on here. I'm just going to we're going to we're going to um, come to a close here. But I want to I want us to, to fully understand this again. Uh, verse 19, it says, because of the weakness of your human nature, I am using the, the illustration of slavery to help you all understand this. See, so. He's saying this because, and he's saying, I don't think he means the weakness of your human nature in the sense that something wrong with you, but in other words, to really help you understand this, the illustration of slavery. So to help you under, help you understand this. In other words, you know, we have to, Paul is really taking a, at liberty to really kind of like, really stress the importance of what he means in this in this passage of scripture that we're reading he's he's saying that if you live according to sin you are actually obeying it you are becoming a slave to it it has power over you if you live according to righteousness and righteous living then you are now uh, under the power of righteous living or of the freedom in which god has given you through christ jesus you now are that is your master See, regardless of whether people want to believe that I don't I don't have a master, nobody controls me. You really do. According to the scripture, you really have chosen either you live either your master is sinful living or your master is righteous living, according to Christ Jesus. Amen. And let's can, can continue on here. 
It says, I am using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all of this. Previously, you let yourselves be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led ever, ever deeper into sin. Now you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteousness, righteous living so that you will become holy. See, and there is, and I like the progression. Remember that we become holy. So there is a, there is a continuing um, process of living um, after you have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. And so you have to be slaves or we have to be slaves to what you call righteous living. Pursue that. Pursue righteous living. And then continue on here. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do what's right. Let's read that one more time. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. That's when you were slaves of sin, see? And what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do, things that end in, in eternal doom. But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and results in eternal life. Now listen to this. So this is very important. This is one of the passages of salvation. Verse 23 of Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. So this is very important to understand this as we close today um, is that understand that there is you see you see both in intertwined in this one single verse the wages of sin is death but the free gift of god is eternal life you see the both both right there sin it leads to death but gift of god leads to what eternal life through who christ jesus our lord you you cannot avoid this if you're explaining this to somebody as far as salvation is concerned this is very uh, uh this is a very important verse this is a part of the verse to memorize when it comes to um uh salvation and understanding uh if they need to be saved or for someone that you're talking to you're sharing the gospel with and this is one of the verses that you must explain to them that the wages of sin is death okay the wages of your lifestyle as a sinner is death Okay, whether you want to, you, you, you know, what I'm saying you, this, that, the other words, the wages is what you earn. I, I like the way it's, it's written. The wages of sin is death. That means the more you live that way, you, you're going to continue to, to ultimately die, not just physically. And, and that's something that we have to remember too. It's more than just a physical death, it is eternally death, eternal death. That means, you are living for all eternity. Listen, and I said this before, but I'm going to repeat this. You can live, you'll, you will all live for eternity. Okay. We will all live eternally, but we will either live eternally with God. Okay. Or you'll live eternally without God. Okay. In other words, now when I, and trust me, when they say live, that means you will suffer and go to hell for all eternity. You will, you will, what is hell like? It's more than just the, more than just hell and brimstones, fire and brimstones. Okay. It is living with the regret of how you should have accepted Christ, 
how you how you should have accepted the free gift of, of God's grace and mercy and, and, and live according to his gift of righteousness. Live according to righteousness. Otherwise, instead of being a slave to sin, like the like like it says here in Romans six, you will you will forever for all eternity understand that you could have lived a better life. You could have lived according to God. You would you would have been in His presence, in the presence of God forever. See, you, that will be your punishment. That will be um um and and and, and listen, on top of whatever uh, uh, descriptions that hell will bring, it may be fire and brimstones. It may be like it says the Bible uh, talks about hell being weeping and gnashing of teeth. That could be uh, forever uh, in torment. And regret and sorrow and, and and everything else. I've heard some of the most ridiculous excuses of hell when people have said, Well, my friend's gonna be in hell and, and I'm a, I'm gonna kick it with my friends. Okay, you think you're gonna have a good time, but you're not. Okay? Hell is a real place. It is a place of of, of eternal damnation. It is a place where we weren't meant to go to. In other words, hell was was set up for the devil and his demons. Okay. The devil and his demons, those that follow him. So what do you want to do? Do you want to follow God? You want to follow Christ? Or do you want to follow where the devil going to go? Where Satan going to go? Okay. We have to remember the way we live here now is going to determine where we will go when we, when we physically die. The way we live now, the choices we make now, is going to determine what we're, where we'll go. So, in closing, as I'm t- as I, as we're coming to this close, I want you to be mindful of what choice do you want to make, and do you want to live for Christ, which is the free gift of salvation, is through Christ Jesus. The sacrifice that was made, the death on the cross, the power of sin is broken according to what this scripture has said. This chapter has said Paul really lays it out very, very eloquently, but very simple to let us know this is what happened when Christ died on the cross. He literally broke the power of sin in our lives. And now you and I have no, we have no, um, we have no choice but to live according to his righteousness. Power, we don't have to live according to the sinful desires and the sinful nature that has, that has made us to the point where we just keep falling into sin, keep falling into sin. Don't keep falling, falling into the same sin that was enslaving you. And that, and that is a good word that he used because you being a slave, that means it had power over you. So as we close, let me, let's, let's have a quick word of prayer. Um, and, uh, let's, let's deal with this. Dear father, God, Lord, I thank you so very much for this word today. We really, um, got into your word and we really uh, kind of got in and explained it 
And for my listeners, I pray that this was something encouraging. This was something that they can go over and they can reread the scripture, the chapter. Lord, we don't have to live according to the sinful nature anymore. We don't have to uh, do what our body, our, our sinful desires are anymore. Thank you, Lord, for the sacrifice that was made on the cross. Thank you for the, the power of sin that has been broken on the cross. Thank you that the blood that was shed on the cross was enough. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you for your grace and for your mercy. Lord, help us to walk in victory. Help us to walk in righteousness. Help us to 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 pursue a new life in you for those of us that understand this now. Lord, we also understand that we can live according to the flesh, according to the sin nature, or we can live according to the righteous power of Jesus Christ through that was that was given us through Jesus Christ. Lord, we we praise you and we thank you, Lord God. We pray. I pray for my listeners, those that have not accepted Christ. This is their opportunity. And I pray that they would just they would just acknowledge and ask for forgiveness. Ask for forgiveness for their sins and the way they lived. And walk in the forgiveness of 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 Christ, the power of God in their lives. God doesn't want to send none of us to hell. Lord, I thank you. I thank you and I praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, uh, it's so important, and this is why I I felt led to go through the book of Romans. Um, Again, uh, continue to watch out for my my new episodes that are coming. Um, Throughout this year of 2024, um, I've always said that we not just need to do any kind of resolutions, but just let us pursue God. There's so much happening in our world today. I can explain. I can go into so much things that I've seen so far of the ending of last year into this year. And our minds and our hearts just need to be focused on what the Lord wants us to do. You know, man is not going to be perfect. Man is faulty. Uh, leaders in the church, leaders in in politics, whatever. Start just pursuing God. It's That's all that matters. At the end of the day, you're not going to stand before God because you follow this person, this man, this pastor, this teacher, whoever, and they fail, so you fail or this politician or whatever your belief was, you're going to stand before God on the actions and choices that you took. So you can't look at somebody else's failure and say, this is why um, I didn't meet God's glorious standard through Christ Jesus. Remember, God has given us a free gift. And I like to say this and I'll say this again. God has removed every obstacle, every obstacle in order to 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 give you a pathway to him so that you can let not only live your life for all eternity, but you live your life righteously for now. So, again, there's no excuse. 
God is eliminating all excuses. He's he's opening the door for you to walk through that door and walk through the rest of your life a new a new person in him. Let let this year be the year that you are walking as a new creature in Christ, a new person in Christ, a man or woman in Christ Jesus. Now is the time. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Don't put it off. Don't say you're going to do it uh, next week, next month, or when you feel like it. You may not have that time. You may not get that time. So my advice to you is don't wait. Do it now. We had a wonderful word in Romans chapter 6. I highly recommend you go back, reread it, pray over it, ask the Lord to open your heart and your mind, and just continue, continue to live in the freedom in which God has given you. Amen. God bless you. I'll be talking to you soon. Keep a lookout. We're going to get into Romans 7 next recording. And I'll be talking to you soon. God bless. Bye-bye.